Welcome to Shorts by Peeps Creek, where every other hump Wednesday we bring you stories about crime, love, triumph, and adversity. I'm your host and author, Basaxahar. We call our episodes Shorts, short for short story, and all the shorts you will hear on this podcast are fictional. That is, the names, characters, places, and events are the pure product of the author's imagination. Any resemblance to an actual person, dead or alive, or actual events are purely coincidental. The short you're about to hear discusses sex, sexuality, and contains adult language that may be sensitive to some listener discretion is advised. Now let's continue with the short entitled, It's Complicated. Previously, in Chapter 2, you sat with Dietrich as he started his second therapy session. In that therapy session, he told you what he wanted out of the sessions, what a relationship means to him, and of course, the first time that he met his ex. But you noticed something slightly different about his tone. You are now entering into Chapter 3, Hitting the Wall. As Dietrich left his last session, his phone rang. Hello? Dietrich answered his cell phone. On the other end of the phone was a despondent voice, one that he did not recognize, or did he faintly recall the voice. Hey, Di, how are you? The caller said. Di looked puzzled. He answered hesitantly, mm, who is this? The caller says, this is Chris. It was at that moment that Di quickly and unapologetically hung up the phone. And hanging up the phone, Di said, this motherfucker, this motherfucking bitch. He had the motherfucking nerve to call me. It was at that moment that Di detached. He didn't know what to do in the moment. Was he pissed about who the person was on the other end of the out of the blue call? Or was he pissed about what the call represented? Another failed situation. Perhaps hanging up the phone was not the magnanimous approach Di was used to taking with a frenemy. But given this situation, can he actually call this dude a frenemy? But more importantly, Di thought, was this his the grand lord. I mean, he called himself going to counseling. You know, something that his family never ever discussed as an option for dealing with issues when he was growing up. He tried to do something differently. He tried to recognize that he needed help navigating through his feelings. But he thought to himself, this process is proven to be more of a hassle than I bargained for. I thought that perhaps this whole healing thing just wasn't for him. Maybe... It was just an ambitious attempt to be considered normal, regular, healthy, sane. I mean, he tried to speak to his friends about his emotional state, but either they didn't understand or appreciate his emotional state, or he was just inefficient in expressing himself. But when he did speak to them about his anger, at least he attempted to couch it as such, even though deep down he knew he was actually hurt. They simply treated him as if he was delusional. Man, that shit is for the birds. I mean, you have a master's in psychology. Figure that shit out, Mike said. But I just thought, okay, like Dr. Now for my 600 pounds life, he's just going to give himself a gastro bypass surgery just because he's a doctor. No, dumbass. And when he spoke to his best friend, Keisha, about his feelings, she just retorted, 
Boy, just face it. Folks just ain't shit. That's why I'm single. <laughs> and she just poured herself another drink at the moment as if she solved all interpersonal communication skills for mankind. Talking to his friends just didn't help. Not because they meant any harm, just because Dietrich knew the issues were deeper. And so he started these therapy sessions and he felt that they were working and he was beginning to recognize that it was not always about the other person. Perhaps his acceptance of bullshit was stemmed from more deep-rooted issues. But that call from Chris, fat, funky ass, is where the cookie began to crumble. Once Dodd made it home, he emailed the main therapist, Dr. Cortez, and asked if he could possibly schedule a session with him for tomorrow because he was triggered right after the last session by someone from his past. Dr. Cortez responded about 45 minutes later and advised him that he could definitely come in tomorrow, but that he was going to try to focus Dodd's attention during tomorrow's session. Dietrich arrived at Dr. Cortez's office the next day around 3. He regretted even asking for the session. I mean, he figured it was best for him to just continue focusing on his work or just try to exercise his anxiety and frustrations away. But he set the appointment and it was time for him to face the music. As he got out of his car, he walked slowly to the building, a brown five-story building that appeared to contain a hodgepodge of offices, dental offices, an OBGYN. There was even an accountant's office and then Dr. Cortez's office. Dr. Cortez's office was posh. It was inviting. There were bookcases lined in the office filled with fictional books, self-help books, and then, of course, the obligatory DSM-5. You know, the book where they house the name of all the crazy disorders and how to diagnose them. It stands for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. Every time Dye passed that book, he just thought to himself, if this was 50 years ago or so, him being bisexual would be a disorder to which shock therapy would be the prescribed treatment, you know, to shock the demons away. But every time he passed the book, he also thought, shit, I wouldn't be here involuntarily if that was the case. He went to the receptionist, a young Hispanic woman who looked to be about 25 years old, but it was always well-kept, poised, jovial, and treated you like you were the only patient that ever visited Dr. Cortez. Welcome back, Mr. McKinnon. Dr. Cortez told me to tell you to come right back in. But before you go in, would you like some coffee, tea, pop, or water? She asked, smiling profusely. Even though Di genuinely liked her, he thought today, is this chick always this happy? Like, <laughs> this can't be life. No, thank you, Jenny, Di said solemnly. I think I'll just head right in. Thanks for the offer. Certainly, anytime, Mr. McKinnon. For some reason, Di heard the those words from her and just thought does she know something I don't know he looked ahead and walked to Dr. Cortez's office where he was sitting in an armchair waiting for Di he stood up shook Di's hand and said always good to see you Di please have a seat Di responded likewise although sometimes I feel like I just don't want to be here at all like today it's just one of those days but he forced a smile and he sat down Dr. Cortez nodded as if he wanted to say, then why the hell are you contact me anyway then? But he didn't. Instead, he simply said, well, we all have those moments like that, Die. It makes us human. It's life. I don't take it personally. He clapped his hands and said gently to Die, okay, so shall we get started? Die simply nodded his head. Okay, Dr. Cortez started. 
So the last time we met, you discussed about relationships genuinely. You talked about your first time you met your ex and genuinely what you wanted to get out of these sessions. Is that about right? That simply nodded his head. Okay, so tell me, what was the trigger that wanted you to see me today? Well, Dai looked at Dr. Cortez, his eyes distant, despite the fact that he was only about 50 feet away from him. Mm, yesterday, after the session, I received a phone call from an old associate. Mm, I didn't know what to call the fucker because ultimately, we aren't friends. I mean, I guess we never were. Dai paused. Dr. Cortez gently said, Mm-hmm. Go on. Well, Dai continued, I... I didn't know who it was, but the person called, and when I said hello, he said, die. And I was taken aback because I didn't recognize the voice, but I knew that this person either had to have known me or was just trying to fuck with me or something. I mean, only my friends really called me die. Mm-hmm, Dr. Cortez stated, as if he was trying to advise that that he was still listening and taking in his concerns. Yeah, and so then he says that it was Chris, and I'm like... Why the fuck would you be calling me? Like, seriously, dude? You, of all people, you're calling me? Okay, okay, okay. Wait, Dr. Cortez said. Is, is this an ex as well? Fuck no, Dice said. I wouldn't do anything with that fat fuck. Okay. Let's be respectful, Dr. Cortez said. I know you are stressing and you were triggered. So, but tell me, why would receiving a phone call from this Chris person triggered you to this point dr cortez said because we were supposedly close friends and then i find out this motherfucker slept with my fiance and i only found out after going through her instagram messages dr cortez pulled his lips back together as if to exclaim damn bro that's fucked up but instead he said i i i understand but was this the reason that you and your fiance broke up? No, Di exclaimed. But it's definitely the reason Chris and I would never be on speaking terms. He's a slime bucket. Dr. Cortez nodded and asked, so when, when was this, Di? Well, apparently they engaged in a one night stand that I was not involved in, but I didn't find out about it until she and I moved in together. But essentially, when I first met my fiance, I invited Chris out to be my wingman, you know, because she was going out with her friends. This was kind of our first time all of us going out and I didn't want it to be awkward. So I hit up Chris. I told him why he was coming and I wanted him to hang out with the girlfriends so that I can speak to my fiance. Well, she wasn't my fiance at the time, but I was interested in him. And next thing I know, I guess, even though I didn't know that night, they went home together and slept together. So, yeah, mm -hmm, that's why. But Dr. Cortez said, you you were not dating her at the time. Is that right, Di? No, Di said, and he continued. But but let's be clear. This is not about her. It's about his slimy ass. I don't care about the fact that she decided to have a one night stand. But what I do care about is my alleged friend who went behind my back, who never told me about the situation and then spent months trying to cover it up so I wouldn't find out. And when I confronted his ass, he has nothing to say. 
And the whole time that she and I were going through problems, he was on my side in the background trying to make me feel better. Or at least that's what he tried to portray himself doing. But all the time he knew he already had sex with her. And so that you feel betrayed because this was supposed to be your friend, but it turned out that he truly was not a friend. Exactly, I said. And and then he tried to play around and cover it up. That's the thing that gets me. And then he has the nerves to contact me yesterday. Like, I'm supposed to be like, what up, dude? Let's get together. Let's go have drinks. Get the fuck out of here. Dai said, as if he was talking to Chris at the time. Dr. Cortez looked at Dai and said, so you don't have the best of luck with picking people, whether it's for relationship or friendship, huh? Perhaps this is rooted in wanting to feel that you mean something to someone. Let's talk a little bit, Di, about your parents. How, how would you describe your mother? Di looked at the doctor, slightly perturbed, but he answered, Doc, my mother is fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a single parent home, but, you know, my mom did the best she could. And I have nothing but love and admiration and respect for her. Dr. Cortez responded, I see. So that means you did not grow up with your father. How would you describe that relationship? I looked at the doctor with disdain this time. Didn't you just hear me say that I grew up in a single parent home? That motherfucker wasn't around. What else is there to talk about? He basically chucked the deuces once he found out that she was pregnant, left her high and dry, apparently left me high and dry, and... Yeah, that's the story, Doc. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say about it. And I certainly am not paying for these sessions to talk about that fucking loser. Di said. Dr. Cortez looked directly at Di and said, but perhaps, Di, you think you don't need to speak about him, but maybe that's part of the underlying issues in your relationship that shows up there, that shows up in your friendships, that potentially shows up in your working relationships. So it may not be what you think it is, but part of therapy, die is to really delve deeper to try to understand exactly what's going on. Dye began fidgeting, moving his hands and wringing them as if he was trying to soak out all the water that was in his palms from his sweat. He looked back at the doctor. I already said, I don't want to talk about my father. I didn't come here today to talk about my father. I came here to talk about the fucking punk ass Chris who called me out of the blue who should not have called my motherfucking phone. Dr. Cortez simply looked at him. I understand that, Don. I get that. But if that's the reason why you're here, you already knew that. You knew that before you contacted me by email. You knew that before you got out of your car. You knew that before you walked from your car to this building. You knew that once you pushed the elevator to come up to the third floor, you knew that that's why you wanted to speak to me. But it's apparent, Don, 
that there is some underlying issues that stem far deeper than this Chris person. Because I think Chris is an excuse to deal with the underlying issue of feeling failed by people. Guy looked at him, stood up. You know what, Doc? I thought you were cool, dude. Like, honestly, I said I didn't come here for this bullshit. You're still trying to make me have these unnecessary conversations about my father or, quote unquote, my sperm donor. And there's nothing to talk about. I don't know the motherfucker. So I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. I don't feel like being bothered. You know what? Better yet, I don't need to be here. Because last time I checked, I pay for these sessions. You don't pay for them. I'm out, dude die stood up walked to the door opened it slammed it stormed to the elevator pushed the down button got on went to his car started it up drove off and as he was driving he looked in the rearview mirror and said fuck this therapy bullshit this shit ain't for me I'm out out there in podcast landia it's time for this short to end so until we meet again remember here at shorts by peeps creek we tell original stories dedicated to crime love triumph and adversity we don't know what's going on with die but maybe he will come back maybe he won't so don't forget to listen rate and review on apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast directory and be sure to tell a friend send tips feedback or other ideas about how the next chapter of this short should unfold by sliding into my dms on Instagram at Basaxaharp. You can also leave a message or send a text to 202-618-0043 or visit the website at peepsqueak.com. That is spelled P-E-E-P-S-C-R-E-E-K.com. All the music that you heard on the podcast is created by my brother Crazy Drake out of Detroit, Michigan for blazing heat music. Until the next time here at Peeps Creek Cafe, we will continue to listen Drink, create, and converse. Peace and love.